You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Joe Linardi joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, the busiest man probably on the planet the next two weeks, let alone the next month. So we are blessed to have you on the program. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Yeah, not not busy at all. I, I just took a sun-dappled <laughs> walk on the beach and, uh, you know, on my second cup of coffee and uh, now just trying to squeeze in a little bit of sleep here and there because between now and uh, next Sunday night, you're right. Uh, it, it's going to be few and far between. All right, let's let's look back before we look forward. As we know, UNC took care of Duke last night. Did more than that, let's be honest. 94 to 81. They shot almost 60% in the second half, Joe. Full transparency, I laid the points with Duke. I took them at minus 11. So obviously, I lost last night. Those who took UNC on the money line won big. Your thoughts, your thoughts on this game as we know Coach K called it quote unquote unacceptable. Yeah, that was probably a little bit over the did we lose you? Joe, you there? I am. Sorry about Hi. that. I, I guess no. there were some disgruntled Duke fans that didn't <laughs> like hearing that they're probably not going to be a one seed. So, um, so, so let's go back. Uh, my question, unfortunately, we didn't get your answer, and that is uh, your, your take on the game. And I, and I know you said it was a little dramatic in regard to – here. One more, all right, let me get your take first, and then I want to talk about the post-game – festivities but what was your take on the game and Duke losing to UNC last night well I, like everybody else I, I was really 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 surprised mm-hmm. that it played out the way it did um, and and I, I actually kept thinking back Anita to the night UMBC upset Virginia as the 16 you know beating the one back in what 2018 and and you know, I'm not suggesting that North Carolina is anywhere near a 16th seat. But, you know, that night, the Virginia players in, in, in all game like, it was like they were shocked that it was a contest and that they were getting it taken to them and couldn't respond, I think, mostly out of panic. And what I saw in Duke last night in the second half was panic. Um, not a criticism, like human nature went under that much pressure in such a, uh, you know, dramatic all or nothing situation, you know, maybe we should have given more credence to the idea that it, that it could happen because you know, in, in like when they were down four, it felt like 14 and when they were down eight, it felt like 80. Uh, and, and, and Carolina, a little bit older, to their credit, was able to keep their, their foot on the gas and, and get it to the finish line and, you know, by extension, get themselves in the tournament. Kudos don't you, to them. Don't you feel, Joe, that, you know, just imagine, like, sometimes I think we forget these are, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old and with all due respect, I will call them boys, right? Like, and, and no disrespect there. But like, I, th- I think sometimes we, for- we forget their age. And just think about the magnitude of the night. Wanting to make sure you get a win with Coach K's last game on his home court. With all, with all the people there. The celebrities. The 90 previous Duke players. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't take that into account. And in regard to, you know, Billy, Billy Jean King 
has the best quote I think I've ever heard pertaining to sports. And that is, pressure is a privilege. There are many people in life that will not feel the pressure of having to win, having to sink a basket, having to sink a putt, having to catch a touchdown pass, and then know the, the, the overwhelming feeling of success when feeling that pressure. Okay, So pressure is a privilege, but sometimes it doesn't always work out. And I think that's what we saw last night, and, and I underestimated that. I think everyone did, Anita. And, you know, in retrospect, hindsight being what it is, you know, maybe, maybe Duke and the ACC should have reversed these games. Like, maybe they should have been at Carolina on Wednesday and home against Pitt last night. Right. But, um, you know, obviously having it be Carolina made it even bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, had it been Pitt, I'm guessing the 80 former players still show up. Right. So, you know, who, hey, it was, it was, it was a night that everyone involved will never forget. And, you know, the coda could still come for the Duke, the current Duke players, because they still have every opportunity to win an ACC tournament championship. And for that matter, be a final four team and and win a national championship. Like they lost one regular season game, period. And, and, you know, Coach K and his staff, and he, he got to work right on it. You know, it's not his first loss uh, on, on turning the page. And, uh, you know, it, it maybe it makes them even a little bit sympathetic uh, going forward because, you know, let's face it, Duke is, is kind of an all-or-nothing program because of their sustained excellence. People either love them or they don't. There, there's not a lot of middle ground. <laughs> right. You could use the word hate. Um, so so post game, mm-hmm. I, st- I stayed up and I watched and I was like, I was like, oh, I was I was I was really uncomfortable watching it. Um, you know, yeah. I, and, and I went to Twitter and I said, uh, I don't think there was a discussion like beyond what if we lose? And oh, by the way, what if we lose and get our butts handed to us? What that environment was going to entail so the beginning of it was really uncomfortable when he st- when when Coach K started talking about his family and his love for his family and his wife and all that. Then it think it, things got better. And one of the things that he did say that really stands out is he said this is going to be a learning experience. So with that being said, we are entering into a week where there's going to be a lot of conference championships, and I think this this experience last night will bode well for Duke, as knowing that you know th- the ultimate goal, of course, is winning the ACC championship, right? Yeah, and I mean, certainly Duke will learn, and and the next time they have a a retiring coach with five national championships, twelve Final Fours, eleven hundred wins after forty two years, I'm sure they'll get the post game right. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's <laughs> let's look let's look bigger picture because there's a number of conference championships that are going to take place this next week, and then of course an exciting night on on on, on Selection Sunday. From what I understand, there's what thirty teams that have locked in to the, the the big dance. There's about twenty eight that are still competing, vying for seventeen spots. A lot of bubble teams. So, with that being said, who are the teams that, and, and what are the games and the matchups that you or the conference championships that we need to keep an eye on that you feel will really be entertaining and and a lot of incentive uh, that while games are being played. Yeah, the, the actual bubble numbers realistically are probably about half of what uh, 
you said there. I, I, I don't think that there are, you know, let's say 17 spots realistically available. Uh, it's probably half that or a little less than half of that at this point. Um, the simple fact being t- t- teams, you know, every couple of hours now are playing their way out, right? You know, that, that need, need to pile up some wins and aren't either in their regular season finales or, you know, in the, in the, in the power conference tournaments as we move forward throughout the week. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the tournaments that I have my eye on particularly, uh, the, the Mountain West out in Vegas where uh, four teams, Boise, Colorado State, San Diego State, Wyoming, uh, you know, the Mountain West hasn't been close to four bids uh, for, for a long, long, long time and, and not at all in its current iteration of, of membership. Uh, you know, can that hold? Will, will the right results happen for them? Uh, similarly, in the West Coast Conference, uh, you know, four teams in the hunt, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco, BYU, BYU losing to San Francisco last night in a game that puts them, I think, firmly on the edge. I have them at this moment at team number 69 uh, and now being done with no chance to help themselves, needing it elsewhere. Uh, and then, you know, in, in, in the power conferences, uh, what, what happens to bubble teams in the SEC like Florida and Texas A&M or, or – you know, we need we need some definition in the ACC with Wake Forest and Notre Dame and Miami. Uh, North Carolina was in that group uh, just above the bubble, but but in a position where they could have gone backward. You know, now they've kind of ended that worry uh, for for the Tar Heel uh, fans. But the, the, those are you know, I'm going to have my eyes in a lot of places, but but they're more than others. Again, Joe Lenardi joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, uh, a few questions before we let you go and get on to your, sounds like a fabulous Sunday if you're walking the beach with your second or third cup of coffee. Um, conferences. as oh, as, yeah. as, <laughs> as we get closer to the tournament, you know, I, I always hear like you want to hear, first of all, you want to pick teams um, to win in advance that play in competitive conferences, right? And so the two most competitive, of course, and I'm and I'm saying that because they're getting the most bids, is the Big Ten and the Big East. Do you do you subscribe to that notion that you know that whenever you're you're picking a team uh, to win? Generally, in advance, yes. Okay. Generally, yes. And as for you know, for the record, for the sun drenched walk, I'm in New Jersey and it's raining. <laughs> uh, so we'll just leave. We'll, Okay. We'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, better to have played as many games as possible against NCAA level competition, right? That would seem to go without saying. Uh, yet, you know, every year we have a Loyola Chicago uh, or a George Mason or you know a Butler back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe what you maybe all you really need is a good luck charm and sister team, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say on a night by night basis. And let's basically, that's why we love the tournament because it is so unpredictable, you know, in pro sports, certainly in the NBA, in the NBA, in the, in the postseason anyway, the favorites generally advance. 
like at a, probably at a higher percentage than other sports postseason. And I think it's because it's best of seven in 48-minute games where the cream will rise. Like here we're talking about 40 minutes single elimination where, you know, if, if, if some, you know, deep reserve gets hot and hits five threes, the, the whole bracket can get turned upside down. Uh, and, and, you know, that's why we watch those games at 2.30 on Thursday afternoon. Uh, frankly, because A, they're really entertaining, and B, it's better than working. That's for sure. I, I, I've always said my, one of my bucket lists is I want to go to Vegas. I want to be in Vegas for the week of when March Madness starts, and I want to just I want to occupy a table, um, whether it's Caesars, whatever, and and it, like just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's my table. That's my spot. Nobody sit there and just like win a ton of money. Um, <laughs> with that, with that being said, is this the wrong time. Is this <laughs> the wrong time to say I'm going to Vegas tonight? Stop! I'm so jelly. All right, so really quick before I let I'm you go, I'm going to the West Coast Conference tournament. I'm sure I'd like and stay out there up in Bristol the rest of the week. Oh no, I man! We've stay got, out there. We, what do you mean? We've got a studio in Vegas. That's where we do our daily wager show, know, Joe. Just stay out there. The, the 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 you know my home away from home for championship week when it when it really gets rolling is 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 always Bristol. Well, except for last year when it was in 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 my in my sunroom in your in, in your basement in your basement. <laughs> All right, really quick because I only have a few right. minutes left in in this segment. Uh, give me give me who do you think is are, are going to have the ones right? Like who's the overall one? I think it should be Gonzaga, but give me your four ones that you predict. Uh, yeah, on it could also Sunday. be Arizona. It, it, okay. it could be Arizona. I mean, look, <clears throat> I think Gonzaga is going to rebound from its loss at St. Mary's last week. And 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 have its motor running full speed mm-hmm. uh, m- Monday and Tuesday night to win the WCC over whoever they face, uh, and that would lock up one overall, and more importantly for them, the West Region and a path where they'll play their their games in Portland and then uh, San Francisco. But I love. Go ahead. After that, Arizona will be a one. Uh, either Baylor or Kansas will be a one. I have them both there at the moment, but by definition, one of them has to lose in the Big 12 tournament, at least mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of them. And I think most likely to take their place would be an SEC champion named uh, Auburn or Kentucky. Uh, and, and we have to see how that plays out. The, the Big Ten is deep, but the winner, Wisconsin, I, I don't think, at least from a, from a metric standpoint, uh, can can get to the top line. Nor do I think, you know, it's pretty wide open at the at the top of the Big Ten, uh, who who could win that last game Sunday afternoon. Would you say that this is the most parity heading into this year's March Madness? Would you say this is the most parity in the last five years, ten years? How would you equate this? I'm I'm not sure I would go that far, but it, but it's certainly closer to normal parity, and maybe a little more than normal than let's say last year when Gonzaga mm-hmm. and Baylor were clearly ahead of the field heading into March. You know, they were older. Uh, they had great regular seasons. They had their, their regular season game, you know, uh, canceled because of COVID, which, you know, led to the whole, can they meet on Monday night 
in the last game, and can the Zags complete, you know, the first unbeaten season since since Bobby Knight in, in 1976. It turned out not to be the case. Baylor was clearly the better team that night. Uh, but what do you know? They're both back for more. Um, I love Murray State. Uh, they won last night, not by 10 or 12, which was the line, but they still won. I'm expecting them to get anywhere between like an eight or nine seed, and I think they're going to make some noise. Are you with me? Yeah, I think you're exactly right about their seeding. I, I would anticipate that they would be exactly that in an 8-9 game. So what you're looking at is, you know, probably a game against a mid-power conference-level opponent uh, in, in that first round. And then if they are able to win, then a one seed. Uh, and, 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 you know, it strikes me that they will be, you know, a game in a game like that, but I, I do not think they can win it. Oh, I don't think they I could win it. I just, I don't think... I don't think they could win I it. I just can, I don't think they can reach the second weekend out of an eight nine slot. I just think they're gonna make some noise. And last but not least, gimme who's 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 the team that's flying under the radar, not a lot of people are talking about them, that you think could eventually pull some upsets and possibly win the tournament without a lot of love or a lot of high expectation. Oh, win win the whole tournament. Uh yeah, usually I'm, I'm trying to find those those double-digit seeds that can make the second weekend, and it's hard to know that without the bracket and, and, and seeing the path of those teams. But but teams that I like, that, that are a little bit under the radar, that I think mm-hmm. can, can, can go to the Final Four, uh, I like UConn in that category. Uh, I like, you know, we're talking a little further down in the thing, I like Tennessee in that category, even though they lost – uh, or they won yesterday. Texas Tech, I like a lot. They lost yesterday, but I, but I really like them. And uh, there's something about Boise State that has kind of caught my eye. Uh, they, they have had fortune shine upon them at the end of almost uh, close games almost every time I've watched them. Uh, so I throw that out there just as a matter of observation. Great stuff as always, Joe. Appreciate you on this Sunday morning. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day, my friend. Thank you, Anita. Take care. You got it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.